Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to Car Stuff. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Ben Bolin. And I'm Scott Benjamin. Hey, Scott. How's it going? Not too shabby, Ben. Not too shabby. Good to, good to see you here. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. It's uh, way better than that one time I tried to do uh, the show by myself. Not... <laughs> the never aired episode. <laughs> the never aired, tremendously avant-garde episode <laughs> of Car Stuff. Ben and his puppet. You know what? Uh, I was really attached to that puppet, and I don't appreciate you making light of well, it. Well, the thing is, it just doesn't work on an audio podcast. You know, video, maybe. Right. You know, sock puppet theater. Well, you know, it was kind of like a production car. It didn't make it, or a concept car. It didn't make it to production. I'm glad we tried, but we're going to talk about something um, today that might be familiar to some of our fans, and we're continuing our three-car theme, three-wheel car theme. Yeah, very good. We, uh, we, uh, boy, we've got one that I, I'm, I love this car, Ben. Yeah. I, I'm just going to, right up front, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this car. And if there was any way that I could afford this as a toy, it would be in my garage. I see what you're saying because I was going to say that while I am also a big fan of this vehicle, there's no way that I'm going to buy one in the foreseeable future. No, no, it's a little bit pricey, and uh, you know we'll talk about cost about this one, this one, and the uh, there's another version too. But uh, we're talking about the Ace Cycle Car. Yeah, the American Cycle Car Endeavor. That's what Ace stands for. A C E. And it's built by a company called Liberty Motors. Mm -hmm. And uh, you may remember Liberty Motors from something else. I mean, they they also build. Uh, sidecars. They've done that for, I think it's 23 years now at this point. Yeah, I think we mentioned them in our sidecar episode. I'm sure that we did because, uh, they, you know, they've created sidecars for movies. Mm -hmm. um, they're really um, kind of like an old style design. Like if you see a, a new sidecar that has an old look to it. Like yeah, a real classic look, and I think they also do some modern versions as well. But um, Liberty Motors, they've they've created or Liberty Sidecars rather, mm. they're uh, builders and creators of sidecars. They've been doing it again like twenty three years, a long time. This guy named Pete Larson, who's the mm -hmm. owner and builder, 
um, has started up this little side company, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's fair to call it that, you know, side company, because this is just a big deal. Uh, but Liberty Motors creates this cycle car that looks an awful lot like the original three-wheel Morgans. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, we should also put in that uh, Liberty Motors is officially Seattle's only car maker. This is here in Seattle, oh, really? uh, Washington, United States. And the Morgan that we're talking about is a very old design. Yeah, that's right. This one comes, This, I mean, the, the, the beginning of the company, really. Yeah. We're talking about the Morgan Motor Company, and they're still around. You know, they create... Uh, some beautiful, beautiful cars. Ooh. I mean, they, for a long time, and I don't even know. Maybe it's still they are, but they're uh, they used to use ash wood frames, I believe. Yeah, uh, for the car. I mean, it was a wooden frame car. I mean, we're talking coach building at this point. It's yeah, so yeah. far back that it's custom coach building. Started in 1910, and I'll give you just a tiny little bit of history on Morgan because um, I think I feel like we've covered Morgan in the past um, on other three wheel three wheel car episodes. I know yes, yeah, done in detail, but. Um, the the founder is Harry Morgan, and uh, back in 1910, you know, the, there was the whole thing with the uh, uh, the taxes on four wheel vehicles being extremely expensive, right. ro- road taxes, things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, he decided his idea was that he was going to make a a three wheeler that would officially be titled as a or licensed as a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea he just called it a cycle car. It was kind of a you know conglomerate of the two names, easy enough. Uh, but it became extremely successful. In fact, that's the car that really launched the company. Yeah, um, it, it was, became their flagship vehicle. Yeah, they they created they built it from around 1910 when it looked like you know the uh, the boxy um, carriage type design really mm-hmm. with three wheels. Yeah, and bicycle tires really. Um, up until they built it all the way until 1953, Ben, they built a production version of this three wheel vehicle that was really. Um, it became became like the iconic uh, the flagship car of their their company really mm-hmm. in that you know that's what you think of when you think of Morgan the early days of Morgan anyways that exposed motor out on front yep the uh, the two seats some of them I think had four seats they did um, have a four seat model but the uh, the cycle car now the the idea that the one that we're talking about the eighth cycle car um, that kind of that mimics and but it's not they also want to make sure that they're they're careful to say this it's not a faithful reproduction of the Morgan car it's it's something new. It looks a lot like it, similar. Yeah, it but, shares DNA. I think is the the PR way to yeah, say it. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. It shares DNA with the Morgans of like the 1930s. Mm-hmm. So if you look at that era of Morgan manufacturing of three wheel vehicles, the Ace Cycle car looks a lot like the 1930s era mm-hmm. Morgan vehicles. Yeah, it's got more of a tubular design. And just so that. We also get this out there is that um, you know Liberty Motors has been building these cars under license of from the Morgan Motor Company. Ooh, good call, Scott. Yes, they are legally doing this. They did get the license from Morgan, and uh, we have a little bit of confusion that can crop up sometimes. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you said it because um, you know there's a uh, this is terribly confusing, really, to me. It sure is now. I, I kind of scratch my head over this one when we're when we're talking about it because if you if you look up Thruville Car or Morgans or any like mm-hmm. anything like that, you're going to find out that the the Morgan Motor Company now builds a new three wheel vehicle mm-hmm. that oddly enough is based on the cycle car that Liberty Motors is making, which is licensed from 
Morgan Motor Company. So they bought the, uh, if we think of, now this may be crass, but if we think of the Ace Cycle car as sort of a modern remix of the 30s Morgan, mm-hmm. then what Morgan did was say, wow, we like this remix so much that we're going to buy it back. Yes. Yeah, we're so- going to buy a, um, I'm sorry, a license. So they're making two different uh, Morgan-descended three-wheel vehicles. Yeah, that's right. The Ace Cycle car and the Morgan three-wheeler, mm-hmm. the, the modern version of the Morgan three-wheeler, right. are different vehicles. Not not terribly different. They have a lot in common, but the, I, I think it's safe to say that the Morgan three-wheeler is uh, more of a quote-unquote faithful reproduction. Uh, yeah, yeah, from the factory itself. And I think a lot of people will be uh, swayed to go to the Morgan Motor Company to buy one of those versus... Um, you know, if, they, if they're looking for something like that, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but um, just for the historic aspect of it, to say that this is a Morgan or it's a a cycle car, it may come down to just availability for a lot of people, which one they choose, um, mm-hmm. because they're very, very similar cars. Now, cost is a little bit different. I guess we should just get the cost out of the way, and then we'll ex- describe the vehicle. Right you want to do that? Yeah, let's get the cost All out right. of the way. So I've, I've done a little bit of conversion on the uh, on the. The Morgan Motor Company vehicle, and of course we, we okay. Let's just tell them the uh, the Ace Cycle car first, the uh, the U.S. version. Uh, the Ace Cycle car, which is the U.S. version by Liberty Motors, is going to run you forty eight thousand and up. Forty eight thousand dollars. So forty eight thousand is the entry level, you guys. Okay. So and there's add ons to that. I mean, if you want, sure. um, if you want, you know, leather wrapped steering wheel. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly comes with it. I don't have a we'll, list. We'll of, get into it. Okay. All right. But um, there's additional things you can purchase on top of that. that there's that a lot of customization. Price. Yeah, sure. And, of course, motor variants. You know, we'll talk about motor mm-hmm. as well. Um, if you want to get the base version of the Morgan from the motor, the, the Morgan Motor Company. I'm getting tongue-tied here, Ben. <laughs> um, the base price is 25,950 pounds. Now, I did the conversion. As of yesterday, the pound to one U.S. dollar here. Uh, the one British pound was a dollar fifty three U.S. So based on that conversion, uh, twenty five thousand nine fifty becomes thirty nine thousand seven hundred and forty five dollars and eighty one cents U.S. dollars. Still like ten grand less. That's ten grand less to go to the Morgan Motor Company in the U.K. and purchase this. However, there's a lot of uh, a lot of add-ons that you can do, of course, like we mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some non-European vehicle surcharges that um, that come into play, like 1,500 pounds, you know, of taxes. Um, but if you know, I get this: if you're in the UK, you're subject to a VAT tax, which uh, you're not subject to here. If you, let's say if you buy it in North America, which may be unfamiliar to some um, people in the United States or outside of Europe, the VAT tax, the VAT, is a value-added tax. Yeah, and that's a standard twenty percent tax, Ben. So um, now, because it's a non-essential item, now I know that that has gradients. You know, there's like a twenty percent, five percent, and then a zero percent for essential goods and services. So if we add all of that up, it it becomes. Uh, the, just the twenty, the twenty percent VAT tax on that adds an eight. It adds eight thousand dollars. So significant. I mean, it's it's big. The taxes and and shipping charges from over there, you know, add up. So when I said, you know, somebody may want to go to Morgan just for the the heritage of having the you know the Morgan name on their right, vehicle, yeah, whatever. That's a cool thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the A cycle car is really where Morgan <laughs> got the idea again to build this three wheeler vehicle. 
Yeah, and this is such a this is such a strange thing. Now we mentioned we name dropped Pete Larson, uh, the owner of Liberty Motors earlier, right? Yeah, at that's the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's cool about Pete Larson is that in addition to being a motoring enthusiast, he is also a designer. Mm-hmm. So uh, this reminds me whenever we hear about somebody who is um, involved in the design of a vehicle and so sold on the design of a certain vehicle that they commit to making them. Yeah. I always, I always take them, um, more seriously, not to say I'm dismissive of other people, but they get a lot of street cred with me. Um, if they're an engineer and they know design, you know, Ben, if you go to their website, the Ace cycle car website, yeah. And, uh, and check out some of the photos that they have there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the photos of the manufacturing process where they're building these things and they've got all the frames laid out. They've got all the, uh, the engines laid out in front of you. You know, several in a row because they're building for customers or, you know, just, right. just for demo vehicles, whatever. Um, very impressive. And you can see the attention to detail that, uh, that Pete has with this product. I mean, you can tell that he puts a lot of his heart and soul into each and mm-hmm. every single one of them. They're all hand built. They're all individual, um, individually tailored, I guess is maybe the best, best way to say this. Because when you buy one of these things, you contact Pete, you contact Mr. Larson. Yeah. You actually talk to the owner. Yeah. You talk to him. And uh, you kind of go through a checklist of what you want this thing to have mm-hmm. and to be like, you know, in the final product. And and I'm sure that there's a lot of back and forth between the two of you and like what works, what doesn't work. But, um, you know, you customize your own vehicle. Each one is, well, as they put it, it's like an individual work of art, really. Mm-hmm. Each single one is, is unique and, and different. I think um, the uh, quotation I read was, each ACE will or each ace, rather, will be the unique result of a collaboration between Pete and the individual buyer. That's a good way to put it. That's yeah. I didn't write that. I read that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the goal, the final goal uh-huh. is that it should, the, the owner's re- personality should be reflected in the vehicle that they receive. Because it's, right. it's 100%, you know, what they want on the thing is what, what goes there. I mean, the, the colors, the, the paint scheme, the way mm-hmm. the interior is laid out. Anything. I mean, the the color of the wheels, the way the wheels design. You know, if it's a if it's a spoke wheel, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, I, there's so much cool about this thing. Thing. I, I just I love looking at photos of it. First of all, and the yeah. way they describe it, Ben. I mean, this is maybe the best description that I've heard of this thing. It's a blend of classic speedboat, open cockpit plane, and vintage race car. Ah, yes, vintage could, race car. How could you not love a car that is described <laughs> like that? I mean, I mean, forty-eight thousand bucks is a is a steep entry price. Sure, but um, classic speedboat, open cockpit plane, and vintage race car mm-hmm. in one vehicle. Yeah, let's delve into some of the stats here. Oh, right? great. Okay, so we mentioned it's forty-eight thousand dollars entry level. What do you get for that? Well, that means you're probably going to get the uh, 88-inch twin-cam B motor. Nice. Um, the other variant, we mentioned those that you can get, uh, mm-hmm. would be the 103 twin-cam. Even nicer. Even nicer. And that's uh, that's the Harley-Davidson V-Twin. So, get this. Sounds like a Harley-Davidson, right? This car sounds like a Harley-Davidson. It it's got this open cockpit design. Mm-hmm. Again, feels like a classic speedboat in the way it looks. You know, it has that 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 sleek look. Yeah, it's and low you, and murderous. It's really, oh, nice. You've got to, uh, you've really got to, got to take a look at photos of this thing to get a feel for what this thing looks like. It's a mm. beautiful design to me. It is, anyways. I really enjoy it. And you know, we'll put a link. Uh, the day that this podcast goes on air, we'll put a link in our Facebook page or on our Twitter so that people can check it out. Too. Sure. Yeah, that'll make it easy. 
And um, one one thing that I think we should mention when we talk about how it sounds like a Harley mm-hmm. is one of the only flaws that I felt like I don't want to call it a flaw, but people mm-hmm. have one problem with this vehicle that you hear about whenever you read a review. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Wark, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Okay. And that is that um, it has a lot of vibrations. That it has... Uh, <laughs> okay, I say, so what? Yeah, just so everybody knows, Scott did the epitome of the so what gesture. <laughs> yeah, hands up, <laughs> shoulders shrugged. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, with this type of vehicle, I would I would want that type of feel. I want, I want 
maximum road feel in a vehicle like this. And that's why, you know, they don't have a windshield on the thing. They've got those little, no. Brook, they've got those little Brooklyn's windscreens, you know, yeah. for the, for the driver and passenger. Cause it is a two seater, you know, mm-hmm. it's side by side seating. So you can take a passenger with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any cargo area. There might be a small cargo area in the back. Um, I know it's a, it was, so it's front wheel or front engine, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's exposed out in front, which is, by the way, I love that, that setup. That's, so, yeah. it, you know, throwback again from the Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a rear wheel drive vehicle. It's a shaft driven mm-hmm. rear wheel drive. Exactly. Um, so there's not a whole lot of room for cargo and things like that. You know, I mean, just maybe what's in the, the boat tail back end, I guess, right. maybe. It's got, um, and it only weighs 950 pounds, but, with that 103 engine, mm-hmm. it can top 120 miles per hour. Oh, I totally believe that, and I bet it gets there fast too. Yeah, because that's what blew my mind because I didn't, I did not anticipate that when I first read. Oh, it's got a Harley motor, and yeah. it's in a v- it's, it's in a car, but, but it's a big two cylinder. Yeah, um, Harley Davidson motor. That's I mean, it's it's 103 cubic inches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty strong, strong motor. Now, on a motorcycle, it's ridiculously fast. It's right, amazing right. fast. In in this, it's a slightly heavier vehicle, probably than most motorcycles. I know some of those giant ones weigh about mm-hmm. about this much. Yeah. Um, but for 950 pounds for for that engine to push that or pull that kind of weight, mm-hmm. that's really not a whole lot. Uh, it's not a whole lot of weight. I mean, I bet it goes. A, I bet it's a super fast off the line acceleration type vehicle, just like a motorcycle. Yeah, and interestingly enough, uh, Pete Larson is not the first person who considered putting a V twin engine with a three wheeled car. Uh, there's a guy named Eric Buell. Uh, he was working with um, Milwaukee uh, Mighty Milwaukee motorcycle manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. <clears throat> Excuse me. He uh, visited a fellow named Tony Divey at Triking in Norfolk, and he wanted to see if they could put a Harley engine in Triking's chassis. Okay, so this is Eric Buell of Buell Motorcycles, right? Obviously, got a lot of street cred. Mm-hmm. I don't know when he was thinking about doing this, but uh, but again, it's a great idea. I think it's a good idea. It's a good design. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I don't know if I would buy one though, but it's only because of the price tag. Anyway, the story with the the story with this whole Eric Buell thing. The reason I'm telling you about this is I read a really interesting article that shows um, that Larson drew some of his inspiration from this triking project, hmm, okay. and that he also felt like he had some um, lessons learned, uh, including the um, Corbin Merlin. Corbin, we're talking about Corbin again. We're talking about Corbin again. The uh, it's described in this article as the ill-starred Corbin Merlin, which flared <laughs> briefly before the project collapsed and left investors and depositors wondering where the money went. Oh no! Yeah, another three three wheel <laughs> car bites the dust, right? Yeah. Now Larson, um, who works with his wife Patty, mm-hmm. Patty and Pete, uh, they don't have backers. Uh, they use owners' deposits. Prof- Proceeds from their motorcycle sidecar business, um, and uh, they have restored this workshop. And that workshop has been in his family since 1925. By the way, if that's the workshop that's in the photos on their website, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure it is, yeah, I think you're right. That is a that's a gorgeous workplace. That's a mm-hmm. that's a really neat facility and a neat location for them to, to work out of to build this type of vehicle. It, it, yeah. it looks like a historic workshop, really. And uh, you know, I. I feel like I got to mention this now. You can go on the website to, uh, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, man, but no, please. there's a, there's a newsletter that you can subscribe to on their site 
but it hasn't been updated in a while. And I don't know if that has to do with, you know, his work with Morgan has taken over time or what. Mm-hmm. And you know how newsletters go. I mean, sometimes they, you know, when, it's when they get around to it, right? Right. Yeah, but it's this one, time. This one's been idle for a while. Now, I know that... Um, I think it was like 2007 when the prototype was being driven around. This is when um, Mr. Larson and his wife were, you know, kind of still fooling around with the idea and trying different things and, you know, Ooh. driving around, trying to get interest drummed up at different shows. Well, they've got three vehicles that they tour around with to different, um, um, you know, like local venues, I guess. Maybe sure. Washington auto shows, you know, not auto show the auto show. Like regional events. Yeah, I mean like, you know, the car lot car shows, that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the latest news to come from them was from April of 2010. So this has been, again, three couple years, years yeah. three years now. Um, they, they mentioned, you know, a couple of shows that they had gone to and that they also had some new buyers, uh, some worldwide buyers, which is kind of interesting. Neat. Uh, they mentioned Saudi Arabia, they mentioned England, Luxembourg, and uh, then a new order that came in from Norway. And they also mentioned... Uh, that they had seven cars completed, seven new cars completed, um, six additional chassis built, which two of which were already sold. So uh, it seems like you know the, they've got quite a bit of business that they're drumming mm-hmm. up. Maybe the, you know maybe they're just so busy building cars that they're unable to update this. But you know the site's still up there. You can still contact them. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot to. to you know, learn just from talking to this guy. Maybe maybe we should give him a call and, and find out what he's got to say about this thing. I, I would love that because I've got to tell you, you know, listeners to the uh, of this show know that you and I have a heck of a soft spot for any time we see an independent car maker coming up because mm-hmm. a lot of times just the way that the market has evolved, um, it's going to be uphill. And so I have immense respect for people who can do this, especially the uh, someone who's grown up around um, around this business and this industry who struck out on their own and made, like, let's be honest, Scott, even though I, I can't really afford this car, I think it's a beautiful piece of machinery. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. And I would I would love to have one, but I would settle for riding around in someone else's for a while. Yeah, I'd like to, you know what, Ben? Mm. I have never driven or even sat in, I don't think, a three-wheel vehicle. I was thinking about this the other day. There's a... Uh, you know, there's a, a bunch of them out there. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's new versions of these things. I mean, there's the the uh, the mm. T Rex that we've mentioned a few right. times. The the Corbin Sparrow, which yeah. you know that's a tough one to find. Uh-huh. Um, Aptera didn't really get too much past the uh, the high or the yeah. uh, prototype stage. Um, there's a lot of like micro cars, that, you know, old micro cars that have uh-huh. three wheel design. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all these Morgans out there, and there were a ton of others. I mean, there were some of the dangerous. Uh, more dangerous, I guess, the Delta design ones with the, the front wheel, you know, single front wheel. Right. Um, wasn't there a Top Gear episode where drives one and just continually tips over, rolls over? Yeah. Are you talking about the, the three wheel uh, or the micro car? No, it's three, well, it's both. Okay. Three yeah. micro, I can't remember which one it is. Anyways, hilarious show. Yeah. Um, man, there's just, a, there's, there's so much that, so many out there. I just can't believe that I haven't somehow come across one in a used car lot and talked somebody into letting me drive <laughs> one yet. Yeah, which is weird because you're a pretty persuasive guy when you want to be. Yeah, I guess so. So uh, let's let's go ahead and make that a resolution. What do you think, man? That's not a bad idea. Let's try to find a three-wheel car. Not a bad idea. And you know what? I have another re- resolution, too. What's that? To read more books or rather listen to more books, maybe. You're blowing my mind. Yeah, I mean, I, 
we've got not a whole lot of time to sit down and read, but we do spend a lot of time commuting. Yep. And uh, both of us do. That's true. And uh, I think something that we've both found very uh, advantageous is being able to download audiobooks, right? Heck yeah, man. I love an audiobook because you can't always take a book with you in a lot of places. Yeah, and we found that uh, audible.com has a huge selection of audiobooks or downloads possible mm-hmm. for us. And uh, I found another interesting one that I, I think our listeners are going to uh, really key into here. Now, I've got to, I usually do this. I set this up with like, uh, stick with me, right? Because uh-huh. there's something here that. I, I'll tell you, Ben, as I started to write down, I write down notes for these, you know, like what I like about it, what I don't like. Right. I almost decided midway through listening to the sample for this one that I wasn't going to use it because it just kind of wasn't really sparking any interest in me. Wow, okay. I know the, the little audio sample that I got, because I haven't listened to the whole thing, Yeah. Um, initially it didn't grab me, and I don't know why it didn't, but as I was listening and still writing, you know, and I'm thinking like, well, maybe I'll just get rid of this, at the end, something really extraordinary came up and i think that this thing is going to be full of little tidbits like this that are going to make this thing more than worth the download i'll tell you what is it um the book is titled tales from the indianapolis 500 a collection of the greatest indy 500 stories ever told now all right this isn't just some outside narrators coming into this this is this is uh it's it's a book that's adapted for audio by jack aroot who's a, a you know television announcer uh, Jenna Fryer, and the forward is by A.J. Foyt. And uh, it's interesting, interesting listen, I guess. But I guess you can't say read. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it starts out, a li- I'll tell you, the sample starts out a little dry. Okay. But this this thing that, that blew my mind in this one, I, again, I think this is going to be loaded with these. Um, you know, the greatest stories ever told. This is like a passed down thing. Uh, something that maybe other listeners know about. I didn't. Um, a little secret is that in 1969, Mario Andretti was, uh, that was the year that he famously won the Indy 500, the right. only time he ever won. And there's an Andretti curse at the Indy 500, mm-hmm. uh, where Andretti's just simply do horrible there every year. There's always something that takes him out. We should do a podcast on we that. We really should do something about that, definitely. Um, but I didn't know this, that in the year 1969, Mario Andretti, he was, now he was in the front row qualifying, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in, you know, I think it was the uh, middle of the front row. And, uh, you know, of course, there are press photos that go along with it. Earlier in the week, he had crashed his uh, his Formula One car, his Lotus car, so badly that his face was burned, uh, burned what he called horribly. Oh, wow. Um, earlier in the week, and he was a little bit too embarrassed to go out in front of the press and take these photos because you have to stand, you know, sit in the car and right, do all the press yeah. photos. He sends out his identical brother, Aldo, as a stand-in, but didn't tell anybody. A body double. A body double for Mario Andretti during all these, you know, all the uh, the press photos from yeah. 1969. So, uh, I mean, it's just so like that guy little... in all those photos isn't even Mario no, Andretti. But, but you'll see in every press photo from 1969 with the you know the the, the front row of people who are uh-huh. you know the standing in the cars and it's yeah. by the way gorgeous Indianapolis 500 cars in 1969. They're, they're like. That tube design, they're beautiful cars. Um, that's Aldo Andretti as a body stand-in for Mario. I had no idea. I didn't either. And, you know, that's that's the thing that just it kind of perked up my ears and was like, well, you know what? I'm going to download this one. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. 
like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Okay, Ben. Yes. Back to our, our topic of uh, interest today. Yes, yes. The, um, the Ace Cycle Car. Now, is there any more that we need to know about the Ace Cycle Car? Because I've got a little, maybe one more thing that I want to add in that uh, you may find interesting. I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, I, I was wrapped up. Yeah, let's. Right. I want to hear the one more thing. All right. This is a uh, sort of it's a one more thing stuff's got seats. How about that? A oh, combo. you're doubling down. It's a combo I love deal. It. Yeah. Do you remember not long ago, if you're a, uh, a Facebook follower or um, if you read our blog, I hope you do read our blog, um, I posted a photo of a car that I saw that was a really unusual find. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, it was the Jaguar, the XJ220. Can't believe you spotted it I, in the wild. I also can't. Now, the, the very next morning on my way to work, mm-hmm. the very next morning, I'm in traffic, heavy traffic in downtown Roswell, and there's no way I can really get out of where I am. I'm, I'm you know... Firmly embedded in traffic at a light. Yeah. In between two cars in front of me, you know, a gap of five feet maybe, passing between a couple of cars, I saw a three-wheeler, a, uh, and what I think was an ace cycle car. 
And really? Yeah, that's what kind of sparked my interest in this for today. But um, that's weird. I don't know. But now that we know that Morgan still builds these, yeah, I was thinking it's not a. It's probably not a historic Morgan. Just, mm-hmm. just odds are. Who would take that morning traffic anyway? Odds, yeah, this is heavy, heavy morning traffic, like eight a.m. in downtown historic Roswell. And I see this, this. This Morgan three-wheeler, it, it had an engine up front, I'll tell you that. And again, okay. I, I saw this car for total of, and not in, t- in its entirety even, just as it passed between two cars. Right. I saw it for a total of maybe a tenth of a second. It was that quick. And there's wow. no way for me to even see it as it, you know, continued down the road because, right. you know, traffic around me. Um, it's frustrating because, you know, I know that it's there. I know that it travels that way. Yeah, I've kind of been watching every morning, like around eight o'clock. I try to I try to get to the same intersection around eight o'clock every morning on sunny days, mm-hmm. hoping that I'll see this thing again, and maybe I can, you know, follow not in a in a stalking way, but you know, find out where this guy goes to and and maybe talk to him about it because I'd love to learn. You know, first of all, I want to know if it's an A cycle car or if it's a Morgan or if it's a Morgan or if it's a classic Morgan, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's classic. I think it's uh, maybe one of the newer versions. I mean, who would take that out into? Rush hour traffic. That's first, just... first time I've ever seen one of these on the road. You know, driving. I've seen them at mm-hmm. auto shows. You know, at yeah. concourse events or whatever. But um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting find, and for it to happen, I mean, it was literally like twelve hours from when I saw the la- you know the previous one. That's so no, weird. You know what? More like twenty hours. That's kind of uh, serendipity. It might also be. Um, there's this thing called Bader Meinhof syndrome, where if you first hear of a uh, of something that comes up, you know, like maybe you think of a song on the radio and mm-hmm. then you feel like you hear it three times mm-hmm. in the next few days, then our brains sort of uh, try to find a pattern there and it makes it look like there's synchronicity. Or or maybe um, maybe this could be your ticket to get a ride in a three-wheel car. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but uh, maybe it is. Maybe whoever owns this thing will be kind enough to, uh, to let me sit the passenger seat for... You know, spin around the block or something. People who usually have, usually people who have wonderful cars, at least in the situations I've met them, have always been, um, very, you know, appreciative of, like, if they can tell that you admire the vehicle, that you know your stuff, and mm-hmm. if you're not being creepy, then most of the people that I've met, and these are just complete strangers, Scott, are incredibly welcoming, and they're like, oh, yeah, hey, come look at this, because they're just so excited that someone else cares. Ben, you know, I've been at gas stations before filling up. You know, I've, I've had a lot of unusual cars in my past, That's right? That's true. Some strange yeah. ones, you know, some unique things. And uh, and at gas stations, I, I can remember times when I've spent half an hour at a gas station talking to somebody who happened to be filling up next to me that, you know, got into a conversation about the car that I'm driving or, yeah. you know, or vice versa, you mm-hmm. know, talking to them about their car. And uh, it just happens that way. So hopefully, you know, maybe this will turn into my three-wheeler ride. Who knows? <laughs> I, uh, I I love that we can have those conversations with people, and I'm all about it. You know, I don't the, – the car that I drive, I've been driving these for a long time. But whenever I see somebody else in a Monte Carlo, I instantly feel like we're in – you know, like we're on the same team. There's in, a bond. On this mission. In the interstate, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, while we're while we're uh, planning to figure out our new resolution to get into three wheel cars, why don't we uh, why don't we head to the sunset with a little bit of listener mail? I'd love to do that. Okay, it's been a little while since we've done this. We had a lot to catch up on, so I'm just going to read some quickly and then um, maybe get some quick responses. 
All right, so Mike writes to us from the Internet, and Mike says, Many city police departments have no pursuit laws, yet they still drive the most inefficient vehicles. Why is that? I guarantee I can get through town faster in my old worn-out Honda Accord than they can in their Chargers and Tahoes. Not to mention mine is more reliable and roomier inside. Makes no sense to me why they would choose to buy vehicles that get 15 miles per gallon compared to 30. By the way, mine has 250,000 miles on it. It's still running strong, so durability's not an answer. Love the show, guys. Maybe this would make a good podcast discussion. Maybe take a look at what other countries are using for squad cars and what their pursuit laws are. Mike, not a bad idea. There's a few things. I mean, man, so much comes into my head yeah, when we're talking about that's this. A, that's it's, a lot of big yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, boy, I, how can you describe why police can't really use a Honda, what do you say, a Honda Accord? Yeah, he's got a Honda Accord. With 250,000 miles uh-huh. as, a, as a police cruiser. There's so much, there's so much gear they have to carry. Yeah, and uh, and those things are so durable. I mean, they have to be able to pit maneuver vehicles that are much larger. They need the weight behind them to do something That's like that. That's part of it. Yeah, uh, man. There's just and and not only that. You know, they're in use 24 hours a day. Uh, right. They have to be extremely comfortable to be in because otherwise you're going to have people that you know they're they're going to be well just uncomfortable during their eight hour shift or 10 hour shift or whatever it is. Maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there's so much, Ben. We, so, could, we could talk about this later. I, I think we could. I know we've yeah. done police car episodes in the past, mm-hmm. like you know, unusual equipment that they carry, things like that. But yeah. uh, this this is a good one. So, Mike, uh, you've opened our eyes to uh, you know maybe a new topic. That's good. Yeah, and Mike, uh, please do not attempt to race or otherwise antagonize the law enforcement. Or evade. Don't try to evade. Yeah, not worth it, but that is an excellent letter. Um, Next one, let's just make this the last one. Um, Alex writes to us, um, who also signed his name Ziggy Mansad. So I'm just going to read that in case that (laughs) is your nickname, Alex. Um, Hey, guys, love the show, love the podcast. After months of pondering of an idea for a listener suggestion, I've got one. I recently picked up an 85 CJ7. I was thinking about gear ratios, whether it be in the axles or in the transmission and the difference between them. Thanks and keep up the great work. We've never done anything on gear ratios. No, we haven't. I mean, I know we've done four-wheel drive podcasts yep. and things like that, yep. you know, off-roading, a lot of off-roading Transmission vehicles. stuff, yep. Sure we have. Um not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Uh, Alex, Mike, thank you so much for writing to us uh, and giving us a lot to think about. There are a couple of other listener mails I think I'm going to save for our next episode so we can get out of here. And, uh, Scott, it sounds like you're going to – okay, let's game plan. So it sounds like you're going to get an ace cycle car, and I'm going to go after Elio Motors' vehicle, <laughs> which is more uh, in my price range. If I can somehow convince my wife to write a uh, write a check out of our retirement for uh, fifty grand. Uh, yeah, then maybe, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So, hmm. well, barring, we'll barring any windfall, recent, you know, mm-hmm. upcoming, you know, huge windfall, uh, not anytime soon. Okay, well, on that note, we're off to uh, seek our adventures and possibly windfalls. Uh, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we loved recording it. Uh, please write to us and let us know what you think. You can give us upcoming suggestions for topics and all kinds of places on the internet, right, Scott? We oh, got, we've got what, Twitter, we've got Facebook, we've got the blog. We've even got an email address. It is carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. Manage. 
managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.